Uh, I believe that God has a word for us today, and, and my hope and prayer is that you would open yourself up to that possibility. Do you believe, let me ask you this, and you don't have to answer out loud, but do you believe that God has something for you today? That he has something for you today. And if you would simply open your heart, your spirit, and your mind, everything that you have to him, I believe that he wants to speak to you. And I think that is such a powerful idea that the God of the universe wants to interact with his kids. And so may we be open to hear everything that God has to say to us this morning. Now, what I want you to do is I want you, if you do have a Bible, and some of you have digital Bibles because, you know, we don't carry, I guess, papyrus anymore. Uh, but if you do have a Bible, you can put your thumb, physical thumb, in Job, I mean, sorry, Judges chapter 6. So just keep your thumb there, put your little ribbon in there, whatever. We'll come back to that in a second. But I want to read something to you out of the book of Hebrews as we, as we begin this morning. This is in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. If you've never read the book of Hebrews or chapter 11, one of the things I'll remind you of is that chapter 11 is known as like the hall of faith. Uh, and it goes through this amazing description of all these men and women over time who have honored God with faith, being faithful to God. And so if you'd like to read something that's really interesting, go back and read that uh, entire chapter. And I, I promise you, you'll be blessed by it. But I want to start here in verse 1. And so if you have your Bible, you can turn there. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Such a powerful verse. Listen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Just simple, very straightforward. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I hear this verse, I'm, it's so simple, so powerful, but I'm not always sure what it exactly means. You know what I mean? Like what? Because these are some kind of nebulous ideas, faith and, and, and hope. And I mean, how do you define that? You know, how do those end up in the realm of certainty? You know, how do they end up in the realm of objectivity? You know, that you can taste it, that you can sense it, that you can touch it, that you can feel it, right? That, that, it always kind of makes me think and ponder. And so I'll just read it to you again. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Moffat's translation of that is this. Listen. Now, faith means that we are confident of what we hope for, convinced that we do not see. Did you get that? It, it means that we're confident in what we hope for, convinced of what we do not see. That's a little helpful, isn't it? Another translation says, faith is giving substance to things hoped for. Giving substance to things hoped for. And then finally, this translation says, faith is the warranty deed that things for which we have finally hoped is at last ours. Isn't that good? There's a warranty on it. Now, recently, I just traded in my vehicle 
And um, the vehicle that we got had 110,000 miles on it. Some of you are like, you bought a vehicle with 110,000? Yeah, I mean, these things will go forever nowadays. But the vehicle came with a 30-day, 300,000, no, 3,000. That's right, 300, that'd be great. 3,000 warranty, right? I mean, isn't that nice of them to throw that in? You know that's not a great warranty, but it's nice to have. But what I love about this is that faith is the warranty deed that things for which we have finally hoped for are at last ours. Not, not just in the future. Get this. It's important we see this. Because a lot of times when we think about hoped for, we always think about it in the future. This is important. See, biblical, scriptural faith is not just about the future, friends. It's not just about the future. It's about so much more than that. One preacher said it this way. He said, faith is grasping the unrealities of hope and bringing them into reality. Get this. So faith is grasping a hold of the unrealities, right? And taking them and bringing them into reality. Isn't that a powerful idea? That somehow your faith has the ability to grab hold of things that aren't yet and bring them into reality. If you get this, it is a game changer in your life. Now, I don't know if you believe that. I don't know if you trust me yet. But I am telling you that if you get this right, it is a game changer for your life. That if you actually start to believe that faith is not just about what comes in the future, but it's now. Did you hear what Hebrews said? Guys, I'm not angry, I'm excited. Because of what God says. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, now faith. Not faith in the future. Now faith. Feel that for a second. Do you think that can help you now? Anything you're struggling with today, anything that you're going through today, now faith. It's the ability to grasp the unrealities of hope and bring them into reality. Whew. Can we be certain of things that we can't see? The Bible says we can. Matter of fact, we're certain of all kinds of things that we can't see. All the time. Like the wind, for example. You can't see the wind. As Billy Graham used to say, I can see the effects of the wind, but I can't see the wind. Not a very good Billy impression. <laughs> but I used to love him to hear him say it. That's true, isn't it? You can see the wind knock a tree down, but you can't see it, but you see the effects of it. I think that's true of gravity. Like, I can't see gravity, but I know if I take this and I do this and I go like this, I just saw the effects of gravity. Yes? 
Now, I can't see gravity, but I saw the effects of it. Same with things like that we believe in all the time, like love, right? Like, now, we can see the effects of love, but how do you actually see love, you know? Is it like just sitting in a, a bowl as you go into someone's house? Hey, would you like a bowl of love? There's a couple of, you know, just grab a handful. Now you see the effects of love. You see it come into reality. The same is true of hope. That hope, a lot of times, is something that we think is far off. That someday in the by and by, that Jesus is going to come through for me. And that is true. But we can't lose sight of the fact that hope is not just something that happens in the by and by. But it's something that happens in today when we grab hold of it with faith and we pull it into reality. That's what we have to see. Oh, this is so good. And if you get it, it's a game changer. See, because now faith means we are confident of what we hope for, convinced of what we do not see. See, the certainty of faith goes well beyond hope that happens later. Hope in the future, the eternal reward that we'll receive because we have a relationship with Jesus. If you're here today and you love Christ and you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, the Bible says that someday you will spend eternity with him. That is absolutely true. But you're still here today. And God's plan for your life is not that you would just somehow hold on, white knuckle it until you get to heaven. It's that you would grab hold in faith today because, see, faith has to do, listen, with the present. It has to do with the present. And we sometimes forget. See, the King James Version of the Bible, even the New King James says what? Now faith. Do I have to explain what now means? No. You guys are smart people. You know what now means. It means now. Right now. In the present. And so here it is. Listen, listen, listen. If it's not now, it's not faith. Think about that for a second. Now you're saying, Pastor, are you saying that faith doesn't happen in the future? Oh, sure. Faith leads us there. But what I want to challenge in you today is to stop waiting. Stop waiting on something to come to pass in your life. And start grabbing hold of it. I'm, guys, I have this in my heart today. You have to receive it. I'm tired of people having something and not taking hold of it. God has given you so much. And all he says in faith, will you grab hold of it and take it from hope and bring it into reality? Not by your might. Not by trust in yourself. But by faith in the one that is more than able. Guys, I have given you, this is it. If it's not now, it's not faith. I like that. See, the entire concept of faith rests on this idea of being certain of the unseen. (laughs) Because all creation came into existence from the things 
that we're seeing, listen to this, in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, same chapter, verse 3, listen to this, I love this, by faith, right? Because if you read chapter 11 of Hebrews, all you see is every verse starting with by faith, by faith. And you know how that can be translated? It's not just by faith, it's through faithfulness, this happened, because see, what happens is we think about faith as just pie in the sky, by and by. It's an idea that we can't grab, grab hold of. But what you see in 11 is the example of faith being lived out in the men and women who gave their life for God. That's true. And so by faith, we understand, listen, that the worlds were framed by the word of God. I like how it says worlds. Because don't you always think about just earth? I like how it says worlds. That God created the universe. It says by faith understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Listen. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Get that. Isn't that crazy? So here's the point. The fact that something is unseen does not make it unreal. The fact that you can't always see it doesn't make it unreal. I've already proved it to you with wind. I've already proved it to you with gravity. And so just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. See, faith is very real. God's word operates in the unseen realm. And faith in his word, come on is what brings those things into the seen realm. Get this. So, so what I'm saying to you is that you have faith in the unseen, but God has given you the seen. You know what the seen is? The seen is the word of God. In other words, that the word of God is given to you. It is the word of God for you, the revelation of God. It has all the promises, all the power. Everything that you ever need to know about God is in it. That's what it's in. And so you have that sitting there on the shelf. You have that sitting there maybe in a big old King James Bible that you never open and has a light on it. Some of you grew up in homes like that. Mama had a big old Bible that just sat there. So we have all these Bibles and the word of God is there. And what I want you to see today is you can have that Bible sitting on your desk, on your coffee table. Matter of fact, some of you got some of the most beautiful spiritual closets that you have in your home. Nice chair, nice cup of coffee, nice table. It's just beautiful. But you don't use it. That Bible just sits there. And let me tell you, friend, if it sits there, What's happening is you may have faith for salvation, but you don't have faith to bring hope into reality. Yeah, that's, that's what God wants us to see today is he doesn't want to just save you. He wants you to have all the promises of God today. And some of us are living beneath what God wants for us. We are living well beneath and well below the standard that God wants to bring. Oh, God. God, if you would receive this today. See, many people want to get something and then believe. Right? You want God to bring it to pass in your life and then you'll believe. And you'll be like, oh, God, you're so good. Thank you, Jesus. See, God wants you to believe before it comes to pass. 
See, you have to believe you have something and then you receive it. It takes, listen, it takes evidence, a place of objective data in which you place your full confidence to be certain of something you cannot see. And you know how you do that? The Word of God. That, oh, it's so good if you get this. The Word of God is here present for you. And if you put your faith with it, all of a sudden, all the things start to unlock. If you'll speak faith, if you'll agree with God's Word, you know, this morning I was reading, I, I don't know, I love this. I, I don't know if this has ever happened to you. If it hasn't, read the word of God and I promise you it will. But I was sitting there this morning, I get up early, you know, and I was reading the Bible. And as I was reading the Bible, God brought me to Judges chapter 6. I don't know if you've ever read Judges. Judges is a cool book. Like if you're looking for some action, Judges has some action. But there's this cycle that's going on. Israel screws up. God brings punishment, okay? They repent. He raises up a judge that comes to help them overthrow whatever oppression was in their life. And then you know what Israel does? They just screw up again. That, I mean, that's the whole book, the cycle. Go through the whole book. That's the whole cycle as you go through it. But what's really cool is in the book of Judges, these men and women are raised up to be these judges, and they are some really amazing people. And perhaps you've heard of one of them, his name is Gideon. And I've been loving Gideon lately. If you haven't ever read about Gideon, go to Judges chapter 6 and just start reading about this judge, Gideon. But Gideon, I guarantee you, you can relate to. I guarantee you, you can relate to Gideon. Look at this. If you have your thumb there, you can now turn there. If you have your digital phone, you better get busy. Judges chapter 6. I love this. It says that the, it, it, it's so good. In the first part of chapter 6, it says that Israel cries out to God. Verse 6, it says, So Israel was greatly impoverished by the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to God. Now, why would they cry out to God? Because God was the one that could help them. And so they cry out to God. And what's amazing about this is that God hears them. And you see in the Old Testament over and over again, Israel crying out to God and God hearing them. And then he does something about it. And so if you know the story, an angel shows up for Gideon. And Gideon is hiding in a wine press because his people are being oppressed. And he doesn't want to go outside that wine press because he's not sure what's going to happen. And the Israel or the angel shows up and he says to Gideon, who's hiding in a wine press, this is what he says. Verse 12, you mighty man of valor. <laughs> He's hiding in a wine press. And God says to him, mighty man of valor, oh, I just, I thank God that. His word speaks things into my life that I have yet to grasp. I love the fact that when I'm hiding in a wine press, when I want to give up, when I want to stop, when I want to believe all the things that people say about me, God shows up in my wine press and says, hey, mighty man of valor, why don't you get up? Woo! See, we need to know. That we are mighty men and women of valor. That God is with us. 
And if we would simply grab hold of the promises of God that are very clearly stated in the word of God, we will see these things come to pass. The Bible says in verse 16, And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. How in the world do you defeat a whole army as one man? Have you ever thought about that? Like, how is that possible? Let me help you. God will be with him. Like whatever your insurmountable situation is, the Bible says that God is with you. Yes? Says it in Genesis. Says it in Matthew. God is with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. This is God's word. And so if God is with us, we can defeat whatever army comes against us. (laughs) And then I love Gideon. You know, at this point, you would think Gideon is like, yeah, come on, let's go do this. But... You know what he does next? Listen, (laughs) I love this. Verse 17. Then he said to him, If now I found favor in your sight, angel, then show me a sign. Other than the angel? (laughs) Right? He's talking to an angel. And Gideon says, Well, show me a sign. And you know this story, maybe he goes through this whole thing where he asks God to make things wet and, you know, and he goes through the whole deal. And then God later on, he says, hey, Gideon, it's time for you to do what I've told you to do. Go to war. And what's really crazy about this story is that he, he's, he's gearing up for war and he's got like over 30,000 people ready to go whoop some Midianite tail. And God says to him, man, you got too many people. Too many. And so they go down to the water and he, he does this whole thing where he says, okay, if they, if they lick the water, you know, with their tongue, you know, or if they lap it like this, you know, it's, it's his way of subtracting the army as they drink out of this stream. And he eventually gets down to 300, 300 to go up against the Midianites. Isn't this a crazy story? It's not possible without God. And it's not possible without faith in a God that could. And so as you go through the story, I love the way this kind of goes. And if you want to read it, go back and read it. But basically what happens is is Gideon is still struggling. He's still kind of doubting, still kind of struggling, even though God has shown up and made things wet and God's done this and God's done that. God says to him, hey, 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 I get it that you're struggling. And isn't that good about God that he, he still even has mercy on us when we doubt? He says to Gideon, hey, Gideon, you go down to the camp. And matter of fact, as you go down to the camp of these Midianites, I'm going to show you something. But, but if, if you're afraid to go down to the camp, take this guy with you. Isn't that amazing? I love that. Like, he doesn't even tell him to go down to the camp alone. He says, if you're afraid, take somebody with you. And I can just picture Gideon going towards this army, sneaking up on him. And the guy he brought with him, who's there to encourage him because he's afraid, is sitting there going, hey, Gideon, man, God's good. He's going to do it, man. He's got this. We got this. We're going to. You see what I'm saying? 
And he's going down and he, and, he, and he goes down and he's overhearing what the Midianites are saying. And one of them had a dream. And in the dream, it, it started to communicate in this dream that God was coming for them. And they started to get nervous. And, and through that whole thing, Gideon's like, oh, this is, this is good, man. He starts to rise up. God gives him something to encourage him. And then it gets really crazy. They go to war. And you know what they do? They have clay pots and horns. That, that's what they have. And inside the clay pots, they have fire. Get this. And at the right moment, they're up on a hill. They break the pots. And there's all this fire that comes out on the hills. And they start to blow their horns. <laughs> and God has already prepared the victory. And the Midianites freak out and they start to run off. They're terrified. And Gideon's team destroys the Midianites. And it's so cool to hear the story. Do you know what was not in the hands of the soldiers that were going to war? A sword. They had pots and horns. Isn't that an amazing story? If you were going to war with the Midianites, would you not bring a sword? See, God does things that no one can fathom. And he did it for Gideon. Let's get back to faith. Let's get back to what the Bible says about faith. See, faith is giving substance to the things hoped for. <laughs> we must act on God's word, see. Hope says, listen, I have it. I, I will have it. Sometime. That's what hope says. I will have it sometime. See, faith says, I have it now. See, real faith in God's word says, if God's word says it, so then it is so. I have it what? Now. Say it with me. I have it now. See what I'm getting at? Faith says we have it now. Real faith also says, I have it when I can't see it. Oh, Jesus, help us. Horns and pots. <laughs> now, faith. You're like, Pastor, can I, can I get something? Can I get something to take with me? Absolutely. Here's a couple of things I want you to take with you. Now, faith. Now, faith promises for you right now. See, the promises of the Bible... See, the promises of the Bible must become your evidence and certainty when your five senses see no tangible reality in the natural world. Does that make sense to you? In other words, if you can't touch it, smell it, feel it, see it, what's the other one? Taste it? Those are the five senses. If you can't do any of those... The Bible says that we have evidence and certainty when we apply our faith to the word of God and that whether we touch it, feel it, see it, smell it, lick it, whatever, it can come to pass because we are putting our faith with the word of God and we're pulling hope into reality today. God help us. See, fix your attention on God's promises until your hope graduates to become faith. 
We're in the middle of May, aren't we? It's time for graduations. You guys need to graduate. I need to graduate. When I start to not, when I can't feel it, see it, taste it, I need to graduate. I need to allow my faith to graduate and then watch God's promises come to pass in my life. Woo! See, for example, some of you need God to show up in your finances. You do. You're like, I'm struggling, God. I don't know what to do, right? Some of you, maybe. See, faith gives us, listen, the assurance that we will have the money when we need it. Rather than what? Worry about it. Rather than be anxious about it. See, see, faith is the evidence of things not seen. And why do we believe that God will show up before? Like, why do we believe that he'll show up and help us with our bills? Why do we believe that he'll help us with our finances? Why do we even believe that? Because of who he is and because of what he said. And I stand on his word and say, if God says it, I believe it. If God says he's going to take care of me, then I'm going to apply my faith to it and see it come into my life as a reality. Come on. Maybe you need some physical strength. I need physical strength. I've had the COVID, people. Yesterday, I walked down to the end of my block. And I walked back. And I was winded. Do I look winded to you right now? Because, see, God brings us physical strength when we need it. And if I would have laid in bed, that physical strength wouldn't have come to be. And all of y'all wouldn't have been able to hear this amazing sermon. See, faith says this, the Lord is the strength of my life. That's what the Bible says. The Lord is my strength. Nothing else. Vitamin C is not my strength. Zinc is not my strength. D3 is not my strength. God is my strength. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? What disease should I be afraid of? What physical ailment should I be afraid of? God is the one that gives us strength. And here's the point. I got to end, guys. I, I don't even know if I'll get to all this, but listen. Faith will say about itself, Everything that the word says. Faith will say everything that the word says. For faith in God is simply faith in his word. Do you understand? So when you start to think about faith being a nebulous thing. When you start thinking about faith being something that's not going to come to pass today. You have to come back to reality. And reality is believing that the word of God is right and true and that the promises of God, now faith promises. Now faith promises. That's what we've got to see. And so I'm going to give you five things real quick. Number one, now faith promises for you. And I'm going to enumerate them so that you get them. Number one, I will be with you, the Bible says. God says, I will be with you. Isn't, isn't that right? Genesis 28, 15 says, behold, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go. Matter of fact, flip over to the New Testament in Matthew 28, 
Matthew 28, 20, you know what it says? I'll be with you always, is what Jesus says. He adds always. He will be with you always, the Bible says. So God is with you. So imagine if you grabbed hold of that promise with faith, now faith, and whatever situation you're in, the Bible says God is with you. He has not forsaken you. He is with you always. He's not left you. Do you think you can do what God has called you to do if you grab hold of that promise in faith? Absolutely you can. Now faith promise, right? Number two, the Bible says, I will protect you. I will protect you. Psalm 91 says this, listen. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Don't you need that today? In faith, grab hold of this promise that God will protect you? Of course you need it. We all need it. I need it. Number three, here's another promise. I'm just giving you that. This is just the highlight reel, people. If you read the Bible, you'll see more. But listen, number three, I will be your strength. You heard me already rant about that. But listen to this in Isaiah 41:10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. Listen, I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will withhold you with my righteous right hand. Oh, that's so good. In the Bible, when it says God's right hand, it's his strong hand. I'm sorry, lefties, but it's true. It's his right hand that's strong. Imagine applying your faith to the strength that God wants to bring. Grabbing hold of strength that's in the future and pulling it into the present. Isn't that powerful? Can you grab hold of the presence of God and pull it into reality? Can you grab, grab hold of the protection of God and pull it into reality? Can you grab hold of the strength of God and pull it into reality? The Bible says you can. Number four, I'll provide for you, the Bible says. Philippians 4.19, I love this. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Is God broke? Nope. And so if it's according to his riches and glory, that means it's more than enough to provide for you. The Bible says supply all your needs. So I'm taking faith and I'm grabbing hold of provision and I'm pulling it into reality. That's what I'm standing on today. I don't know what you're standing on, but that's what I'm standing on. And then finally, the last one, and this is the best one. You ready? You ready? For the last year, we've watched the devil steal, kill, and destroy Listen to this. Number five, I will restore what was stolen, the Bible says. Listen to this. I love this part in Job 42. Have you ever read the story of Job? Maybe you haven't. He had a rough couple of days. Had everything stolen from him. And then in verse 10 of 42, it's so good. And it says, and the Lord restored Job's losses. The Lord restored Job's losses. As he prayed for his friends. These were the friends that were telling him to basically just curse God and die. Great friends, right? It's true that God calls us to pray for our enemies. 
And so God reaches to Job and says, Job, you're a righteous man. You've showed me that already. You're a man of faith. Matter of fact, the Bible says he is accepted because of how he acted. And God says, will you pray for these weirdos? Will you pray for these guys that were smacking you down? And they're going to make an offering and they're going to be all right because I love them. I'm going to forgive them, but I need you to pray for them. That's what he says. And then what happens is God restores back to him all this stuff. Look, look, it says, indeed, the Lord gave Job, listen, twice as much as he had before. Could you stand with me right now in this world that we're in right now? The troubles and the challenges that we're facing, all the stuff that we've been through over the last year. Could you stand with me in faith and say, you know what? I'm going to reach in to the future. I'm going to reach in to the things that have been stolen. I'm going to reach in and, and bring restoration into reality. All of the things, all of the money that's been lost, all of the people that have been lost, all the things that have been stolen by the enemy because he wants to kill, steal, and destroy, I'm reaching into the future and I'm bringing it into reality. Who's with me? Guys, I've had the COVID. I'm like 22 days in. And the Lord gave me strength to preach you this message. And it would be a tragedy if you walk out of here and don't apply it. Because you will live less than what God wants. Listen to this. In Psalm 107, 2, and I'll end with this. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, the Bible says. If you're the redeemed of the Lord... God says, speak it out. If you're the redeemed of the Lord, say so. Listen, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Who's the hand of the enemy? Who's the enemy? The enemy is Satan. The enemy has been trying to steal, kill, and destroy everything this last year. And you know what God wants us to do in faith? He wants us to stand up and, and let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so and see the redemption of God come back. See the things that were stolen come back, that the enemy has taken. See, the redeemed are the ones that have been restored. You've been restored because of what Jesus did for you. You've been restored. And the Bible says if you've been restored, then you better stand up. And start talking and start walking and start saying the things that are true in faith. That's what God wants us to do. See, I don't know about you, but maybe, just maybe, you've lost a little faith. Maybe you've lost a little hope. Maybe you've lost, you know, a little of that now faith. Maybe you're just hoping someday that God will show up. Maybe you're just wondering, maybe someday... Let me ask you this. Where have you stopped speaking faith over your life? Right now. Where have you stopped speaking faith over your life right now? Where have you stopped applying the promises of God's word in your life right now? Don't give me the excuse. Don't just, Pastor, no, I, you know, you know, no. Is that okay? Stay with me. No. Grab hold of it in faith and say, God, I'm taking it. I'm taking hold of it. Oh, 
this. I'm taking hold of it. Because see, I'm redeemed. And because I'm redeemed, I'm going to stand up. And I'm going to say so. I'm going to say so. I'm not going to let the enemy steal any more for me. Oh God, I'm going to stand up. And I'm going to say the things I need to say in faith. And I'm going to see those things that aren't yet come to pass. I'm going to start to speak restoration over this church. I'm going to start speaking restoration over my relationships. I'm going to start speaking restoration over my friendships and my relationships. I'm going to start speaking over my health. I'm going to start speaking over heartbreak and hurt. I'm going to start speaking over habits that I can't get over because I believe that God is. It's a now faith. It's a now faith that we have to grab hold of today. Oh, Jesus, would you help us? Oh, Jesus, would you help us today? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And I'll end with this. Stay with me. Stop looking at the problem and start speaking out the faith words already spoken by the one who can solve the problem. Let's pray. God, oh, Jesus, would you just bring to pass... Every word, every promise. God, on behalf of this church, on behalf of all the needs, on behalf of all the challenges, on behalf of all the difficulties and health issues, hurts, habits, hang-ups, all of them. God, on behalf of all that, all the people in the sound of my voice, whether you're here in person or whether you're online, I am reaching into the future. And by faith, I am grabbing hold of the promises of God and I'm pulling them into reality right now. Right now. I am pulling them into your reality. Would you agree with me in faith? If you need hope to be turned into reality, would you just begin to agree with me in faith? Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would help people to believe, to put their faith and trust in you the author and perfecter of their faith. God, I pray that these things, these needs, these situations, these things that have been stolen would come to pass today. That they would be brought into reality today and tomorrow. At the end of the day, at lunch, at dinner. God, we ask that they would come into reality If you believe that, just in your heart, say, God, I receive it. I join in with this prayer. I receive that into my life. I believe you, God. I believe you. I don't know. You may have at certain points during this message just thought, wow, these are the words of a crazy man. But I stand on this stage today 
because I've been bought by the blood of the Lamb. He saved me from myself. And he can do the same thing for you. Perhaps I burned just bright enough that it made you curious. See, the Bible says that if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is who he says he is, that he'll come in and he'll save you. And you will spend eternity with him. But you also will have access to faith now. And so, church, I want to pray for anybody here today that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. If you're online and you have never given your life over to Christ to enter into that union with him, I, I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. And so, church, nobody's praying alone. We're all going to pray this prayer together. But if you would like to pray this prayer, there's nothing magical about it. I just ask that you would mean it. And so repeat these words if this is your heart. Heavenly Father, I need a Savior. I can't do it without you. I can't save myself. Will you be my Savior? I surrender my life to you. Will you be my Lord today? Will you increase my faith? Will you transform me? I choose this day to serve you. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. 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 Can we celebrate those that are making decisions today?